0: Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, January 7th, 2024, we continue our series titled Knowing Jesus, the Gospel of Luke. Today's sermon, How to Pray, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Enjoy. Last week, we rounded out the uh, chapter 10 of the Gospel of Luke, And the scene we saw was two sisters kind of duking it out, fighting a little bit over what was right. Be busy serving, doing good things, or just chill at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus answered that question for us. He said, Martha, you're busy with much serving, many good things, but your sister Mary, she has chosen a good thing. Just time with Jesus, being with the Lord. And what Pastor Ed told us last week is that there's a way to grow our intimacy with God. He gave us a little bit of math equation. I'm probably going to mess this up because maths are hard for me. It went something like this. God's word plus prayer plus time equals intimacy with God. Let me simplify it for my own brain. Time in God's word plus time in prayer equals intimacy with God. I don't know what some of your New Year's resolutions, but whether you know it or not, intimacy with God is something your heart desires, something we were created for. So last week, we really like dove headfirst into time in the Word. Man, we got to get in the Word. we got to be with Jesus. If we want to follow Jesus, we need to know who He is. And one of the best ways we know who He is is what God says about Him, who He was and what He did in this life. We have to get in the Word so the Word can get into us. That's the first step. What we see this morning is the Lord's Prayer. Now, how many of you have prayed the Lord's Prayer at one point or another in your life? There's varying degrees of familiarity with this. If you've been in church for a while, you've probably prayed it in service before. If your church tradition was a bit more traditional, then you've probably prayed the Lord's Prayer in, in service before. Or if you grew up in playing football like I did, we would pray the Lord's Prayer before we took the field and tried to murder the opposing team. (laughs) I don't know why we did that, but that is what we did. And what I know about the Lord's Prayer is that it's a beautiful prayer. A beautiful, beautiful prayer. But for whatever reason, sometimes the most beautiful things we encounter tends to lose their beauty as we become more and more familiar with them. I think about it like this. Arizona is a beautiful place. Now, this morning feels a little like Chicago, but that's fine. Beautiful place. I moved here from south of Chicago when I was seven years old, and when we got here, I was astounded by how beautiful everything was. I was imagining, okay, Arizona, that's like camels and sand dunes, right? That's what we're moving to, camels and sand dunes. Thanks, Mom and Dad. What a wonderful childhood. No, it's paradise. Like, I love it here. I love it here. I was astounded by the beauty of the desert. I was uh, astounded by how clean the highway was. I know that sounds silly as a kid, but when you grow up driving the dirty Dan Ryan with full of potholes, if you know, you know, right? Coming out here, it's like, wow, they got geckos plastered into the walls of the highway. This is a sweet. Beautiful place but being here as long as I've been here now and maybe it's the same for you sometimes you forget how beautiful it really is and it's not that the beauty of the place we lived has changed it's that you and I have become too familiar with the beauty of the place so we've changed and it just becomes like yeah yeah it's, it's a nice place you guys have golf courses on every corner yeah that's pretty cool like really good golf courses yeah yeah that's yeah, cool yeah you know Welcome to our city. It's beautiful. And I don't think we intend to treat the Lord's prayer this way, but it's like we grow up praying it over and over again, and we become so familiar with it that it becomes this rote, ritualistic, religious thing that we do out of duty, not out of devotion to who God is and what he's done for us. Last Thursday, it was real foggy out. We were here cleaning up all the Christmas mess still. Wonderful Christmas party we all got to throw together as a church. Um, Thank you, by the way. We had like, I don't know how many thousands of people show up to church. A bunch of people gave their lives to the Lord, which is a wonderful thing. And we got to do that together. So thank you for being a part of Christmas. Now, we did Christmas like we've never done it before with decor and everything. And if you do that at home, you know how much stuff you got to end up putting away. So we were still picking up Christmas Thursday. Thursday morning around 8 o'clock, like the sun kind of started peeking through and uh, there was a cloud covering Pinnacle Peak and it started to burn off and Pinnacle Peak looked like the Matterhorn at Disneyland and it was beautiful. And then we were treated by this sunset Thursday evening and I was reminded this is a beautiful place that God has allowed us to live. It is spectacular. My hope and prayer for us as a church this morning is that I would have that same aha moment on Thursday, that we would have that this morning with the Lord's Prayer together. That we would see how beautiful this prayer really is. That we would see what a gift it is that the Lord Jesus would teach us to pray like this. So we're going to turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I want to read the Lord's Prayer. Uh, And you'll notice immediately the Luke Lord's Prayer is different than the Matthew Lord's Prayer. A couple things we can do with this. Jesus may have taught this prayer twice. I imagine he probably did. He taught a lot of things more than once. Or for whatever reason, Luke records the abridged version instead of the entire Lord's Prayer version that we see in Matthew 5. But this morning, we're just going to look at the Luke version. Luke chapter 11, I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer to us, starting in verse 2. It says this, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. I want to pray again. I know we've already prayed this service. I think it's uh, appropriate for us to just pray a lot as a church. uh, And especially as we dive into the Lord's Prayer together this morning. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes and go to our Father in heaven in prayer. Father, we do come before you with humble hearts. We come before you with grateful hearts. God, that you've called us to be your children. God, we pray this time would be edifying to us. We pray that you would convict us of our sins, convict us and turn us back to you, Holy Spirit. We pray that you would open our eyes to see like we've never seen before, to hear things we haven't heard before, or open our minds that we would know you, open our hearts to love you. And as we leave this place, would you open our mouths as we seek to live on mission in the community in which you've called us. Father, thank you for this time. Would to glorify you in everything we say and everything we do? It's in Christ's name we pray, amen. I'm going to give you four things right now to kind of guide our time through Luke chapter 11, because we're going to go through verse 13 this morning. You could think of it like this. Here's what happened. Here's the scene. We're going to see what it looks like to pray. Jesus teaches them what to pray. And then we're going to see a contrast, a contrast to see how God is so different than you and I. And then towards the end, we're going to see what we can expect from him, what we can expect from our good, good father. And towards the very end, we'll look at Uh, a condensed version of what does it look like to pray. We're going to learn to pray together. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, says this. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. If you read the Gospel of Luke, this is a big theme in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus prays all the time. He frequently withdraws from the chaos, withdraws from the crowd, and he would frequently go and pray. Now, here's a baseline lesson for each and every one of us. If Jesus, the Son of God, the one who was without sin, the one with the rule arraign, reign, a kingdom that will never end. If Jesus, the one who had perfect intimacy and relationship with the Father, if that Jesus took time out of his day to pray, I think we should pray too. Okay, it seems kind of straightforward, but Jesus modeled so much for us. If we're going to follow Jesus, and that's what we're trying to do as a church, equip the church to follow Jesus, not be religious and do the right thing and say the right thing, but we want a group of people who actually are dedicated and devoted to just following Jesus. If we're going to follow Jesus, we do the things Jesus did, and we listen to his teaching, so we pray. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. They're talking about John the Baptist, and this was typical for rabbis back in the day. They'd have a group of disciples and they would teach their disciples specific prayers to recite. They would, you know, they would echo their own heart as a rabbi and they would try to give that heart to the people that were following them. And while we have no records of any of those prayers, we do know that that was typical and that was common for rabbis of the day. So Jesus's followers say, would you teach us to pray? These other guys have their prayers. Would you give us some prayers that we can pray as well? Jesus, what's on your heart? We want to know what's on your heart. We want to pray the same way you pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say this. Now, this isn't exactly what we should pray. This is an example of what we should pray. There's examples of all types of prayers throughout the Scripture, so don't think we're confined to only this, but this should certainly shape the way we pray, shape the way... That we talk to God. By the way, if you're new to church, you're new to walking with Jesus, and we're like, pray, what does that mean? Is there a certain thing I have to do? It's interesting, Jesus doesn't talk about posture. He doesn't say, when you pray, first, lock yourself in a dark room where your kids can't find you. He doesn't say, first, make sure you've lit some candles. He doesn't say, first, make sure the mood has been set. He doesn't say, first, make sure you're on your knees with eyes to heaven. He doesn't talk about any of the external stuff. He talks about internal. That's what he wants. He doesn't want just the things that we do. He wants our heart. What's prayer? It's talking to God. But Jesus says, when you talk to God, say this. And we're going to break this down. There's like seven or eight principles that follow from Jesus' teaching. When you pray, say this. Father. Now, for us, we might say, yeah, of course, Father. 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 You look at the Old Testament, the the name Father for God is used 15 times. You look at the New New Testament, Gospels alone, over 60. And God in the Old Testament was the father of a nation. He was the father of Israel. People didn't speak to him as this personal God, and he's my father. No, he can be our father, but the idea that he'd be my personal father was foreign to them. And this is the way Jesus starts the prayer. Do you wanna know how to pray? First, it's like this. Recognize the relationship that you have with God. If you were a child of God, Brendan said this earlier, to all who believe him, who received him, God gave us the right to become his children and he becomes our father. We come to him as our dad. We come to him in good times as our dad, in bad times as our dad, in celebratory times, in sad times, just as our children do to their parents They come to us, mom, they're excited, mom, dad. They're crying, mom, dad. They're anxious, mom, dad. They're angry, dad, whatever it is. That's the way we approach God. We approach him as our heavenly father. Jesus on the cross prayed, Abba, father. Translated means daddy, daddy, I desire that kind of relationship with God, but if I'm honest with you, it's hard for me to get there. We pray as a team, often as a staff. We pray for the church and just what's going on in each other's lives. And we oftentimes break up into groups and we were praying. We were praying one morning and there was a woman that I was praying with from our staff team. And that's how she started her prayer. Abba, Daddy. And in my own insecurity, I was kind of like, what? Daddy? I don't call my own dad daddy. That's weird, right? You have a grown up friend, calls her dad daddy. It's like, what's wrong with you? Same time you call your dad father, it's also like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Right? But for whatever reason, we all have like a father relationship with God. Meanwhile, we'd like to have a daddy relationship with God. It'd be great to get to that place, wouldn't it? Just like we come to our parents, hey, Dad, hey, Mom. To be able to come before him and just say, Dad, that's what God wants for us. That's the first thing Jesus talks about, the relationship that we should have with our Heavenly Father, Dad. Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means praised. It means Holy, it means you are holy. It's who you are. It's a recognition of first the relationship we have that God is our Father, and it's a recognition of who we're talking to when we pray. The creator of everything. And it's a weird phrase to say, hallowed be your name. It's not the name God that's holy in itself. It's what's in the name. Because back in the day, what's in a name meant a lot to people. We tend to name our kids based on what's popular, what's hip, what's trendy, what sounds cool. Did some research this last week. The number one name for a girl in 2023 was Olivia. It's a beautiful name. That's your child's name. What I say next? It's not meant to offend. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful name. The name Olivia means olive tree. Profound. (laughs) Top name for 2023, Noah, which means peace or rest, which I think it's great because if you uh, look at the story of Noah, Noah sets free a bird and goes and finds something and what does the bird find to bring back to the boat? An olive leaf? Maybe it's our subconscious cry to the Lord that God, this place is crazy and we need some rest. (laughs) But when we look at names, we just pick stuff that we like, but hallowed be your name, it was a person's identity, it's who they were. So, when we look to the Lord, we're saying, Father, you are holy. You are perfect. God, I recognize that you've created everything, you sustain everything. It's a recognition of our relationship we have with God and a recognition of who it is that we're talking to. An attitude of humility God, I I don't fathom why you want me. The creator of everything, why you would want me, I don't understand. Just an attitude of humility, but also an attitude of gratitude. God, thank you that you're my father. Thank you that you're my dad. Father, hallowed be your name. He goes on, your kingdom come. Matthew says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For us, this isn't a prayer of permission, but it's a prayer of submission. We're not going to God and saying, God, it's okay for you to do what you want to do in this situation. You have my permission, God, for your kingdom to come. No, it's not permission, it's submission. It's living life with open hands and saying, God, have your will, your way. On earth, as it is in heaven, in my life, as it is in heaven, God, do what only you can do. I submit everything to you. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Two things here, the idea of each day and this idea of daily bread. Each day, it reminds you of uh, 2 Thessalonians 5.17, or 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Have an each day prayer life. I can look back on my life and there's been seasons of each and every other day kind of prayer life. I'm not proud of that, but that's the reality. There's been seasons of my life where it's, you know, I'll weekly pray. Seasons of my life monthly. Spent has been seasons of my life where I just straight up wasn't walking with Jesus real good. So the idea of praying each day was absolutely foreign. But here it echoes the heart of each day we're before the Lord. Every moment we're before the Lord, before our Father who created everything. Growing up, we, uh, for the first couple of years of living here in um, Scottsdale from Indiana, we were at Scottsdale Bible Church. And I remember the sermon to this day Pastor Darrell was preaching. And preaching on prayer, and at the end of the sermon, at the end of the whole service, everyone got a little stop sign, a little red stop sign. And the, the instruction was to hang this little red stop sign from your rear view mirror. And stop meant this, stop to pray, S-T-O-P, stop to pray. Because the idea was pray without ceasing, have this each day, each moment kind of prayer life. So uh, we all have a lot of dead time in the car typically uh, and there's a wonderful opportunity for us to just pray for what's going on in our life, to commune with God and talk to him about just how much we love him, how much gratitude we have in our hearts for him. And every time we would stop, whether it be a stop sign or a stoplight, this little red stop sign would kind of, almost like a leaf falling, would kind of shake back and forth, right? Um, And I'd see my mom or my dad stop to pray. So going off to hockey practice, I'd see my mom frequent, stop to pray. Driving to school, I'd see my mom, she'd oftentimes stop to pray. For the people around her, for what's going on in her life, I'd see her looking in the rearview mirror, praying for each of her kids by name. She would stop to pray. That's what it looks like for us to have an each-day kind of prayer life. It's frequent. As often as we can do it, we pray without ceasing. And he says, give us each day our daily bread. This is specifically having to do with our needs. You could extend physical needs to emotional needs to spiritual needs, but God, this is what I need today. And it's our needs, not necessarily our greeds. Now we can go before the Lord and express the desires of our heart, but each day our daily bread, the things we need to get through that day are the things that we frequently put before the Lord. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Two parts to this, two parts to this, forgiveness. Forgive us our sins. If you are in Christ, if you've professed faith in Christ, if you confess and believe that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. That means you are forgiven. So why then must we come before him and ask God to forgive us? It's called confession. And to confess means to agree with. We come before the Lord and say, God, you were right, I was wrong. God, you tell me to live this way for my own benefit, for my own good, for my own joy, yet still I continue to live this way, which does not bring benefit, does not bring good, does not bring joy. I confess that, I repent, and I turn back to you. We go before him constantly, and we ask for forgiveness of our sins. I think of it like this, John chapter 13. Um, Jesus is in a room with his disciples. They're enjoying a meal together. You may know the story. Jesus takes a towel and starts to wash the disciples' feet, right? Right? Peter pipes up. He says, what are you doing? You should not be the one washing our feet. We should be the one washing your feet. Jesus says, no, you don't understand. I have to do this. I have to do this. So Peter, being Peter, he says, then wash my whole body. Wash everything. If, you're, if I need this, then wash everything. And Jesus says, no, you're already clean, but it's your feet that need washing. That's the Christian life. If we are in Christ, we are forgiven, set free. We're dead to sin, alive in Christ. We have been washed clean. But as we live this life, our feet get a little dirty, full of sin. What's sin? God says, don't do this. We say, I kind of want to, though. He says, do this instead. And we say, that's not my thing. We live a life that's contrary to what God has for us. It's sin. It's sin. And each and every one of us have it. And we need to go before the Lord, confess that, and receive the forgiveness he offers us. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who are indebted to us. As we forgive those who are sinning against us. It's really a statement of faithfulness. God, I come before you. I confess that you were right. I was wrong. Would you help me be faithful in my life as I forgive those who are sinning against me just like I'm sinning against you? Ephesians 4.32 instructs us, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Having a hard time forgiving someone? Get as close to Jesus as you can. Pretty hard to withhold forgiveness when you're close to Jesus. Pretty hard to tell someone else they're not forgiven when you're constantly realizing exactly what Christ has forgiven you of. We live a life of faithfulness. We live a life... Of forgiveness And lead us not into temptation. It's a prayer for protection. God, would you lead us not into temptation. Temptation where? A temptation out there, but also a temptation in here. John chapter 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer. He says, Father, I do not pray that you would take them out of the world, but I pray that you would keep them from who? From the evil one. Protect them from temptation. But if we look at James chapter 1, yeah, there's temptation out there. You know where the most temptation I face is? in here it's my own stuff it's my own sin it's my own sinful desires. it's my own flesh that's what James 1 says is no one no one should say God is tempting me temptation doesn't temptation comes from within when you're lured away and enticed by your own evil desires. so God would you protect me from what's going on out there but God would you protect me from me would you protect me from me because I know myself pretty good and I know what I'm capable of you protect me from the temptation? Would you protect me from sin? And then when we fall, we stumble, we go back to the Lord and we confess our sins. That's the prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. Beautiful prayer. It's a loaded prayer. It's something that many of us are probably guilty of, praying just kind of rote, religious, ritual, repeat it together. And it's good that we repeat it together. It's good that we pray it together. If it comes from a place of devotion, It comes from our heart. That's where this prayer came from. It came from Jesus' heart. So that's the prayer. Let's look at the contrast, okay? So who is God compared to who we are? Jesus goes into this parable beginning in verse 5. And he says to them, Which one of you has a friend who will go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him? All right, it's a weird story. Weird story. So culturally, real hot in the Middle East, just like it's real hot here. And if you were going to travel by foot or travel by donkey or horse or carriage or whatever, uh, you would probably hear that you were forced to travel outside. We would travel when? Really early morning or late at night? When it's bearable, so you don't die. That's what they would do. If they were going on a journey, they would travel when it's cooler, and it's cooler at night if you live in the desert. So which one of you... If you had a friend, someone shows up to your house at midnight and you had nothing for them. You were a bad host, did a bad job, you weren't ready. Do you have a friend that you would go to at midnight, knock on the door and say, hey, can I have some bread? Because I wasn't prepared for this other person to show up this late. That's the story. Do you have a friend you would go to? Does anyone here have a friend? Maybe you'd knock on their door at midnight. No, because you're kind and courteous. Would you like your friend to knock on your door at midnight? No, because you're not kind and not courteous. That's the point of this story. And he will answer him from within. So you knock on your door at midnight. This is what your friend's going to say. or your friend knocks on your door at midnight, this is what's in your heart. Do not bother me. That's humanity in a nutshell. (laughs) Leave me alone. The door is shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Man, why is this guy's kids sleeping with him? Again, this is a cultural thing. We're talking about one bedroom homes and oftentimes it was a shared family bed. Totally different from our house. You look at our house, where are my, my wife and I's room? As far as this way as it can be, You know where my kids' rooms are? Keep going. (laughs) All right, it's opposite ends of the home. Why? Don't bother me. I want my space. So you come knocking in my house at midnight and my kids are in bed. If you wake my kids up, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) That's the heart of humanity. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You're bugging me. Finally got my kids to bed. Everyone's asleep. Like, stop. The story goes on. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, friend comes over at midnight, I'm going to tell him to go away. But if he continues knocking and won't go away... It's not because of his persistence, it's because of my level of annoyance that I'm going to give in. The squeaky wheel is going to get the grease. Yet, because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. That is our heart as people. That is not the heart of God. The heart of people is leave me alone, go away. The heart of the Father is come, come, come. Anytime, any place. For anything. It's no bother. He won't turn you away. It's midnight. What are you nuts? I'm sleeping. That's not God. That's us. And I tell you ask and it will be given to you. Ask for anything. This is the heart of God. Come to me with anything. Seek and you will find. It's not hard. You do this Father, and He's there. Instantly. He's omnipresent. He's with you. He's everywhere. Knock, and it will be open to you. You don't got to beat the door. You don't got to be so persistent. And God doesn't hear me unless I beat this door. Now, a friend, it might take that. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Eventually, they may give in. But the heart of God is no ask. Anything, anytime, anywhere. Seek, I'm here. I want to be with you. Knock, it's open. It's open no closed door policy thing door's open that's what god is like for anyone anyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened anytime any place for anything that is the heart of god he wants us like a father wants his children to come to him our heavenly father our heavenly dad daddy wants his kids to come to him that's his heart he goes on to contrast what he's like to what we're like, and what we can expect from him. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Dads don't do that. Moms don't do that. Mom, can we have some fish for dinner? Absolutely, son. Watch this snake. Scrambled eggs for breakfast, coming right up, bowl of scorpions. We don't do that. I get an Xbox for Christmas? How about a box of rocks for Christmas? How about that? No, that's not the heart, and that's what he says here. If you then who are evil know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Not just good gifts, not just great things, the greatest thing we could have in this life, the Holy Spirit, God's presence in us. If you and I, who are evil, want good things for our kids, how much more does God, who is perfect, who created everything, want good things for His children? That's who He is. So we can expect from Him good things. May not be our terms. May not be the outcome we want. But we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And if you are a child of God, you have been called according to his purposes. He works all things for our good, all things for his glory, even when we don't get it. And I wonder what it would look like for us to take this to heart this morning. We know the disciples did, the guys who listened to Jesus teach this model of prayer to them. Could you go to Acts chapter 4? Uh, Peter and John, they're preaching all over the place. They get called into court, and the court says, Stop preaching everywhere. Stop. We're losing power, and you're causing a little stink. Like, stop. And they say, Yeah, we can't do that. We have to do what God tells us to do. You decide what's right, but we're going to do what's right before God. So they leave court, and you know what the first thing they do? They hold a prayer meeting. They hold a prayer meeting, and they start their prayer like this. Sovereign Lord who made everything. Everything. A recognition of who they're talking to. Where'd they learn that? Jesus. It's how Jesus prayed. It's how his disciples prayed. It's how his disciples should continue praying today. So how do we do that? It's like seven or eight things that Jesus lays out in the Lord's prayer. How do we do just these, just remember these seven or eight things as you leave this morning and I'm sure your prayer life will be revolutionized. It's kind of hard to remember seven or eight things. Is it not? If that's easy for you, talk to me afterwards. I want to be your disciple. Show me your ways. That's kind of hard. I learned this model of prayer years ago. There's lots of models of prayer out there. Um, we want to implement this one with the church this morning. Pray. P-R-A-Y. For all you outland folks, you're like, yeah, we finally made it to the outline. P-R-A-Y. There's only 90 minutes left of the sermon, so good for you. P-R-A-Y. P is this. Praise. Praise. Father in heaven... Father, hallowed be your name. It's a recognition of who God is and what God has done. We praise him. God, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for your presence in our life. God, you hung the stars. The, sky, the, the stars declare the glory of God. The stars declare your handiwork. Even the rocks cry out in worship. We praise him. It's how we should start, with a heart of praise, a recognition of who we're talking to. R is Repent. Forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive those who are indebted to us. We confess. We confess our sins to the Lord and repent means to turn away. Okay, so God, I'm, I'm living in this direction. My current relationship with my girlfriend, the relationship you have with your boyfriend, the way you're currently conducting business, what's going on in your home, whatever it is. God, I am doing my life this way. And I confess you're right, I'm wrong. I've been doing this the wrong way. Here's what repentance is. We're going to go your way now. Turn away from the way you once lived and you walk in new life. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So we commit to living a new life that God has called us to live. It's prayer of faithfulness. We repent. A is ask. Ask. James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. What does he ask here? Well, um, we ask for daily bread. God, would you provide in this situation? Would you provide for what I need financially? God, would you provide for what I need in this relationship? Would you provide for what I'm lacking right now emotionally and spiritually? God, would you protect me from sin? Would you protect me from temptation out there? Would you protect me from temptation in here? And the why is yield. Yield. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, not my will, but your your will. Not my way, but your way. God, have your way in me. God, have your way in this situation. You could also say within this yielding, it's just an opportunity to sit and be quiet and listen. Our minds are so often just racing to what's next and how we should conduct ourselves in this situation. If we just stopped and said, God, would you speak? We yield to him and give him moments to just speak into our life, encourage our hearts. We pray. Praise, repent, ask, yield. We pray. With the recognition of who it is that we're talking to, and we pray each day. We pray often, we pray without ceasing. But I hope and pray that this week, this prayer has a more... uh, I want to say the prayer is more beautiful. I I hope that we see it with a newfound appreciation, with a newfound beauty, and not a recognition of, man, this is beautiful, a recognition that that maybe it's become too familiar with us. It'd be something that we would visit more frequently as we pray and as we talk to God. We're going to do this. We're going to spend some time this morning as a church family praying together. Um, So in a moment, here's what that's going to look like. I'm going to invite you to just sit with the friends or family who are around you and pray. If that's uncomfortable for you or maybe you would like to just be by yourself and sit and pray this morning, that's totally fine. You can sit and pray by yourself. If no one's around you and you'd like to join someone who's praying, every single family in here would love to invite you into their family of faith and pray with them this morning. What are we gonna pray for? Handful of things. We have the prayer requests They're gonna be scrolling. Uh, we're gonna be praying for those as well. Um, and do wanna let you know, sadly, Um, we've been praying as a church for Corey Ewell for a year now. Uh, Mark and Mary Beth's son, Kevin's brother, uh, even some family cousins are in church this morning. Um, Corey did go to be with the Lord this morning. And Thursday night we stopped um, and gathered like we're going to and just pleaded with the Lord for a miracle. We pleaded, we asked our hearts out, we asked, we asked, we asked. And this morning, it's almost like a flip has been switched. We've, we've moved from pleading to praising. God, I am so thankful that there's more to life than this. God, I thank you that, that for your children, death is just a doorway and what's better? It's just the path we walk to eternity. There's no crying, no mourning, no weeping, no pain, no sickness. All of those things are gone. And God, I'm grateful that that's what's on our horizon. So we're gonna take three or four minutes as a church. Uh, I invite you to join in with one another, um, pray, mourn, give thanks, whatever God has on your heart this morning. So I know it's always awkward as we begin these things, it's whatever, embrace the awkward, gather up with some family around you, pray with one another, and I'll be back in just a few minutes to lead us. Father, we come before you with humility, knowing who you are. We come to you with gratitude knowing whose we are. God, that we have been called children of God. God, we do confess the many sins in our life. We turn from those things this morning and continue to press into you, press into the relationship we have with you. God, we ask for a litany of things this morning Lord there's so much going on in the life of your church we ask that you would give us each day what we need our daily bread God that you'd be with the sick, the hurting, the struggling the anxious, the fearful God we pray that you would step in and do what only you can do and God of course this morning we we yield, we step back and we know that your plan is better than ours God, we yield to your way in our life. We yield to your will. And God, once again, we praise you, knowing that it's perfect. Your plan is perfect. Father, we run to you this morning. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I'm going to ask one thing of you. Um, The Yule family this morning is rejoicing in the goodness of God, but they are hurting immensely. Um, if, we, if we reach out to them and talk to them, would you let them know, hey, I'm praying for you and I love you, and maybe refrain from asking the question, hey, how are you doing? We all know the answer, not good, not good. But if you'd reach out in love and support, um, ask if there's anything you can be doing for them Uh, I know they would appreciate that a lot this morning. Well, I invite you to stand and join us as we close in worship. We're going to run to the Father uh, as a church and continue giving him the praise and glory that he deserves. Our prayer team is down front, and they love to pray with you. They love to pray for you this morning. They love to rejoice and celebrate anything going on good in your life and run to the Father with anything not so good this morning as well. Luke chapter 2. The Lord's Prayer. I want us to pray it together as a church, not as just some rote, religious, ritualistic thing, but would we look at this with a newfound appreciation and a newfound beauty this morning. The Lord's Prayer will be up on the screen. Let's pray this together. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Amen. Church, would you go and love each other this week? And in the communities that God has placed you, the places that God has sent you, would you get out into this world and live on mission together? We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.